0: Happy Tuesday! Good morning, everybody. Seventeenth of November.
1: Yay! Twenty twenty. It's awesome. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. It's
0: pretty cool.
1: It is. It's almost Thanksgiving. It is. I'm gonna give some thanks. That's right. Yeah, I have to tell this story real quick. I woke up and had an alert that had an email, <laughs> and it was from Defiant, and it was it was a thank you card but i open it up and it's it's all star wars it's the best thing ever and uh but i'm watching in there like so it's all these scenes of celebration and i and i'm about to cry and as i'm watching it and of course it's a thank you card and all that but i'm like you know why am i crying <laughs> and they're hugging so the entire card was like han solo and leia or Leia and Luke, or Chewbacca and somebody, all hugging each other, and I realized they're hugging. That's why I'm leaking. It was very sweet. You need a hug, do you? Yeah, yeah, we all do. And uh, but anyway, it's gonna be, it's gonna be so amazing like that when we all get to hug. That is, yeah.
0: Yeah. It'll be a reunion of Mm -hmm. hugs, Mm -hmm. biggest, most massive longest, borderline <laughs> frightening hug song ever.
1: In the yes.
0: It'll be very, very long.
1: I'm totally here for it.
0: Hours of hugging like 300 people.
1: Maybe. Yes. Or yep. 400, you never know. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Well, um, I was just thinking, not all of our... Um, family have a Thanksgiving, you know. They're
1: oh, true. Uh, these Sorry,
0: nations no. that don't <clears throat> don't have pilgrims. <laughs> <laughs> That's true.
1: And
0: yeah, the Mayflower only landed in one spot, apparently. <laughs> I got but, friends. but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, like you know, we missed Taiwan, you know, so yeah. they went the wrong direction, right, right. anyway. So, but, um. Uh, <laughs> But oh but yes, it is. It is a season.
1: Yeah, don't even open that can
0: for us. <laughs> Gratitude to the Lord. Yes, we're thankful to be able to. Um, we're thankful to be able to be grateful.
1: Yes, we have yeah. Parts of
0: Thanksgiving. That's right. And it's a good time for that. Um, I foresee a long podcast, so I'm yeah, wondering. Yeah, I think if, we're
1: going to break a record.
0: Yeah, maybe. We might, yeah, need to jump into it, so um, we are um, it's interesting being in this season of pandemic where we're not able to travel, and um, we're social distancing. but we we do still have land missions that are happening, yeah. And
1: exciting.
0: we're grateful for them. And and there are many <clears throat> that we are, if you'll allow us to say, designing, in that we are um, hearing things from Papa on a strategic level. And um, <clears throat> so I don't want to um, spoil any surprises. But, <laughs> uh, but just suffice it to say that these land missions are phantom zone related Mm -hmm. and they are global phantom zone they are phantom zones that cover entire continents and they are uh, national and territorial within nations Mm -hmm. for the u.s of course we have states and um and then different nations have different setups but we um we have a, a lot of land phantom zones that are uh, coming into focus. Mm-hmm. And so, as we're dealing with these, it's really become um, a topic with Papa and um, and how it's impacting so many things. So, for today, we want to take a look at um, Matthew 24. So, Matthew 24 is... Um, is a very long and um, glorious story from Jesus. And he, he tells um, the people of that day, and this is, of course, 2,000 years ago, but he tells the people of that day about what is to come. And so um, uh, the disciples said to Jesus, you know, tell us when these things will happen, you know, when will the temple be, um, uh, taken down, uh, thrown down and, um, and what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? Now, this is a really, um, wild moment for us. Um, because I realize you know, we're, we're not people who ever try to give the, the, the day or hour of when Jesus is coming back or anything like that. Um, but we we do have a lot of signs right now. And of course, we have what Papa's point blank saying, and that is what we are preparing the bride. So uh, you don't prepare the bride uh, too, too early. You do that in its season, and we are definitely in that season. So um, all that to say that there's just a lot of things that seem to be uh, a lot of dots that seem to be connecting, um, related to um, Matthew 24. So, um, watch out that no one deceives you, is what Jesus says. And and this word deceive is crucial. Um, and of course, we're going to uh, we're going to have wars and rumors of wars, and um, the end is still to come. Nation rise against nation famines, earthquakes, birth pains. And um, and this is something just to notate. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. Many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. And again, this word is deceive. And the increase of wickedness the love of most will grow cold. Obviously, we've been talking about this for a long time, but, but we just need to touch on these things. Probably a very good week to reread Matthew 24. Um, the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Um, when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation, spoken of by Daniel, um, then flee to the mountains. You flee to the mountain of the Lord, of course. Um And, uh, and then there will be great distress, you know, and we've talked about this. And, uh, if those days had not been cut short, no one would survive, but for the sake of the elect, they will be shortened. And, um, Jesus said, I've told you ahead of time. So false Messiah, false prophet signs and wonders deceive and that key word there is deceived um and uh and I, I think one of the things that really has stood out to us in this is just that even the elect could be deceived if that were possible it's that powerful of the deception so what papa is saying right now is that the um the source of this deception is the phantom zone and that is a whopper revelation we've been waiting for for a long time and it connects many dots from the very beginning that um, this global continent national and regional phantom zones that we are seeing in the land and all of the people who are reacting to that with their own phantom zones has made a collective sound of deception. Mm. And it is no different than the mitochondria, which are in every cell in the body. And together, they cry out the single cell shout of selfishness. And it's one of the many things that has um, made the evil one so confident. So um, I'm going to pause here just to kind of go through... Last week, we had uh, a chapter, you know, conspiracies. And thank you, everyone who read Mm -hmm. um, conspiracies and wrote and called and texted and (laughs) sent up flares and all those lovely (laughs) things to say that they had um, gone through it. And many people listened to the audio and many people read the book and many people did both. So Mm -hmm. thank you for that. You've blessed us. Um, So this concept of um matthew 24 and um the deception goes way back and um so we can go all the way back to terraforming for the kingdom so the very first book and the diabolical diabol- <laughs> diabolical plans of diablo very early in our journey um i'm going to take us around to page 182 And, um, and we go through a, um, a very early, very sort of, um, you know, the birth of these ideas, um, diabolical plans was actually released in terraforming two, which was November the 15th. So
1: Hmm.
0: two days ago, Mm -hmm. um, only, uh, 12 years ago so so this this is twelve years old, and what I want to point out in this that <clears> we talk about this um, matthew twenty four um, great distress at that time, and in um, a few of the again very early ways that um, that this deception will be um, will be uh, distributed by the evil one. And then what I love is, because we're going to do this again here in a minute, is the very next thing that happens on page 184 is the two scenarios
1: mm-hmm.
0: where either um, we prepare the throne for Jesus's return or um, we, we don't. And uh, so you have that um, Matthew 24, and this is late in Matthew 24, but it's the two scenarios where um, the the wicked servant says, my master is staying away a long time and begins to beat his fellow servants. uh, And, uh, and, you know, then the master comes in that hour that he wasn't expected. Mm -hmm. So you have the two scenarios, one where um, the master comes back and the servants, you know, the the children, the sons and daughters of God prepared the way for him. And then the scenario where they didn't, and so that's that's what I want to point out from terraforming for the kingdom. Um, in terraforming restoration, you have this completely insane uh, series of chapters related to um, hundred and forty-four thousand and the unforgivable sin. And so, so that that is a whole concept. But we go through Revelation thirteen, and we talk about the two beasts. And so you have the first beast, which is the, uh, the, the beast or religion, the demon of Christianity is this false version of Jesus, you know, where the real Jesus is love and, um, and the false version is God made in man's image. And, um, instead of us being made in his image. So instead of us being, um, glorified as, uh, Paul prophesied in Romans (laughs) eight, Um, instead we're dragging God down to us and making him so different than who he really is. His Mm -hmm. character is defamed. Um, so, so all of that has that same kind of tie in and that's, that's, um, in restoration. And then a real big one is in Terraforming Wedding. And so in the chapter of Environments, um, is where we first introduced, um, Andyland. And Andyland, of course, was the building blocks of the Phantom Zone. So this is um, frighteningly, Terraforming Wedding, you know, um, is eight, but almost nine years ago now. So still old school, nothing, no school like the old school. And here on page 165 in Environments of Terraforming Wedding, um, we connect the abomination that causes desolation To the evil one, building a network of selfishness, using the minds and imaginations of the people of the world, and so you've got this. uh, And his and listen to this. He's using all kinds of electronic weapons, news media. That is so real right now. It hurts. Feature films, television, internet, mobile devices to sow portals into our minds that connect us to his spiritual power and authority that tempts people into realms of the self. So here is the building block of the Phantom Zone. Almost nine years ago, in in environments a terraforming, wedding. So, um, oh my lord. So um, I feel the like all. I'm
1: at AR right
0: now. Yeah, all no. of that. Yeah, well, all of that's the building block. <laughs> of um so so and and especially connecting that to the abomination that causes desolation so now we need to go to terraforming gates so this is last year and um under pressure and um and again there there is a um a significant sort of reveal from papa um and this is only one year ago but um yeah, there, there's so many there's so many things in this. But, um, but in terraforming gates, you have under pressure. and under pressure is when we learned about Thlipsis uh, in Greek, which is Tsar in Hebrew and um, how even, you know if you go to page 174 we're talking about um, uh, Azavel and um, Balaam. And um speed remember speed listening? Mm-hmm. And um so when we're speed listening we have these gaps and um and Isabel uses our imaginations to fill the gaps. Mm-hmm. Um it's where we're in such a hurry that we're trying to um we're trying to uh go through life without the savor but instead yeah. with the skip. So we're skipping instead of savoring. And um, so we're speed listening and we're not, we're not really resting in on life and letting Papa speak. And so um, under pressure, probably another good chapter to read at some point. But on page 174, it, um, we clearly heard that this is where the imaginations are used to fill in the gaps. And again, this is us being an attempt to draw us into this global phantom zone where we are we end up being deceived but here's where it all gets to be redeemed is if we'll go to um one of the first chapter of gates is picking locks and um and here um we see just this glorious uh reference and in matthew 24 um And I'm just, there's, there's, heaven help me. There's so many things to point out because we need to build this picture of what what Papa is saying. Um, And um, so in Under Pressure on page 170, um, I go through Matthew 24. So I'm going to just do this particular one. False Christ, false prophets arrive, uh, signs and wonders, learn from the fig tree, when the branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things, you know that He is near. He <laughs> is 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 Jesus. So at the very gates, and um and so now let's take that back to, to picking locks, and and you guys remember in um in uh, picking locks, we got to talk about um. The Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 1 through 3, where Jesus reveals that um, the sheep are in a pen and the shepherd is at the gate. And who opens the door for the shepherd? Mm -hmm. The gatekeepers. Yeah. We do. And this this is sort of the grand reveal. So... The abomination is um, the phantom zone. The abomination is this place of the enemy trying to use these alternate realities to take these things. What, what is the greatest way to, to deceive someone but to take something that is so plausible that you 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 could it's like oh my gosh of course that's the truth it's so plausible and and the reason it's plausible is because it's come from a alternate timeline and so the enemy is deceiving people into these alternate timelines these places where our good choices never happened yeah i mean you almost have to just like stop and like oh my lord the enemy is trying to bring the bad fruit of poor choices that weren't made into now and he's trying to do that to distract the elect and that's the key Mm
1: -hmm. is we've
0: gone now from deception to distraction And, and by doing so Even the elect. So how powerful is this deception? Powerful enough to get us to take our eyes off of Jesus. Yeah. Been saying this for weeks. And we're looking at these distractions because they're so powerful. And they have so much oomph to them because they're coming from alternate timelines where very real people who are alive today but in alternate timelines that are inside of God in the fifth dimension and the fourth dimension of time have made choices that in our reality we didn't make Mm -hmm. it isn't real it doesn't belong here okay so the abomination is the phantom zone the desolation is the abandonment of the gate by the gatekeepers because we got distracted. That's the desolation. It's abandonment. And Matthew 24, you guys, is happening. And don't go to the end of it, you know, because people are so, they're so tied up and so, you know, fraught with, what Jesus is coming back, you know, and so they, they miss the journey. Yeah,
1: Jesus comes every day.
0: Yes, he does. They're missing the journey of Matthew 24, mm-hmm. which is all about us, the gatekeepers, the two scenarios from terraforming for the kingdom, diabolical plans. Again, this is Matthew 24. Will we prepare the throne or will we get distracted and, and follow it through with everything Papa's shown us the building blocks of our imaginations being used against us in order to get us to um, escape, in order to get us to find a happy place, mm-hmm. you know, in order to get us to um, to deal with the spiritual irritations that we, um, when we were children, we didn't understand were there. Now we've been more than warned. We've been prepared. Papa has been faithful.
1: Yes, he has.
0: Papa has Papa has faithfully prepared us. Papa has faithfully loved us. He's faithfully stood by us. And so here we are <laughs> in this moment where our king is standing at the gates. Yeah. Ready to to for the grand moment of speaking to the sheep, and they finally recognize his voice. Mm -hmm. And all that stands between the shepherd and the sheep is the gate. And we're the gatekeepers. Mm -hmm. And so this is, in in history, has there ever been a time more urgent for for the people of God? But today we'll say the maturing sons and daughters of God to prepare the way for the great multitude, that that revival, that harvest, that um, Revelation fourteen fourteen, 14, um, global harvest that we have been preparing for, for this is our, you know, I mean, our third decade, but, you know, you've got, you've got the, <laughs> I mean, basically 13 years, but 2007, that's a decade. 2015, that's a decade. In 2020, that's a decade. That's Mm -hmm. three decades. God has been preparing us for now. Will we abandon our post because we've been distracted? Or will we stand firm until the end, like Jesus said? What does that mean? Are we going to remain who we are? continue pursuing our daily bread of who we were created to be. So, for those of you who have your eyes set on the work that God has for us right now, which is opening the gate, preparing the way for the Lord, the shepherd needs access to the sheep, and we're the ones at the gate. And and it's so easy for the elect to be distracted mm-hmm. by something else. Yeah. And now is the time for us to remember and reconcile. Remember who we are. Yeah. Reconcile to what God has said. And um, and keep our eyes, you know, as, as the man who married us said 30 years ago, keep yeah. your eyes on the plow. You know? Mm-hmm. Turn your head from the plow and you're not going to plow a straight line. <laughs> you know? Keep our eyes on what we were created to do and be. And um, all of these things, you know, again, we're not here to predict something. We're here to talk about now. Right now, we have a field of harvest that needs us. And um, we got to know that deception surrounds us and why it's there.
1: Mm Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I don't think there's been a season that I have hummed hymns <laughs> more mm-hmm. than right now. Just those uh, tunes and words, and you know, probably frequencies from childhood of just it being all about Him. And you know, the the most present one is "Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in His wonderful face," and the things. The earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His wonder and grace, and I'm sure I got some words wrong there, but you're, you get what I'm saying. I do. Um, <clears throat> you know, a, a few weeks ago, I think, <laughs> you know, um, we just we gave the invitation to crown Him, hmm. crown Him the Lord of your day, crown Him Lord of all, crown Him. That's that's part of how we're securing the crown. We're carrying it every day um, we're just we're just here crowning him and for me, you know, between that, the threshing floor and heart work, <laughs> you know I'm, I'm finding things falling away that seemed so you know, everything <laughs> in the moment uh, or you know just mindless, just distracted, you know, things, distractions, and um, I was thinking about my grandmother, who um, my granddad had passed away, and my grandmother uh, remained for exactly three months after him, which is so romantical, and uh, anyway, but she had some health issues, and I called her one day, and uh, she's talking about all the things the doctor said she couldn't have, and uh, so she goes through this list, you know. And, uh, you know, she was a fried food, you know, southern cook and all that. <laughs> so she, she lost some biscuits and gravy and a lot of things like that. What? <laughs> but she said, <laughs> she goes through this list, she's like, Yeah all I got left is toothpaste and I think they're about to take that away. <laughs> just, I always have remembered that when I'm letting go of things, you know just the way she faced that but um, but yeah, I think we are finding we're letting go of things and it's it isn't just oh this um, amount of time you picked up your phone or this show you're watching or whatever, but thoughts that didn't belong that just did not belong it's what you're saying with the phantoms and you're just recognizing how foreign some things are to who you are and who he is and and they can't stay and then you look at the floor where you've been threshing and you realize how much grain is there and all of those things were just chaff and you become so grateful for that threshing floor you become so grateful that your heart is of such value to him that he won't leave it alone you know and that he sees it as something worth touching worth ministering to worth moving you know and and the gratitude becomes overwhelming it just starts washing things away and I've just been looking at the grain that's on our threshing floor right now, and I can't even begin to mathematically calculate the magnitude of the harvest from all we will get to sow Hmm. from these seeds on our floor right now. And He's making room for us to do that. As we have made room for Him, He's making room... For us to sow and reap things that have never been before so those who have never been reached will be they'll be touched they'll be ministered to they'll be moved isn't that the gospel yes you know and so you've said it a few times as you were talking which I love um, you know as I was just really just in a wait um, with him and Um, he started talking about the covenant of the week and I just started realizing how he had repeated himself a few times in the past days with a word and he did it in unique ways some was just through some things we're walking through and we were drawn to this word that's very familiar to us and very precious to us and then a lovely person named Bounty sent me a text right in those moments, and sent me a song by this uh, that the title was this word, and and I just knew okay, it's just like when in our history he said Moses, Moses, and he said it twice that he was doing that for us with this word and that word, which we we say quite often, and we have for quite a long time, but it is Hanani. Mm-hmm. Um, And so because it became our covenant for this week, you know, I always know I'm going to discover more. If it's a familiar word that he speaks, um, I'm going to discover more. Most often it's a new, something new um, to explore and discover, but... This, when it's something familiar, I love it because it means he's got something I didn't see yet. And you can't speed listen through it. You can't just say, oh, yes, I know what this word means. So the word is Hanani. And, you know, it means, here I am. But this is not a word that is speaking about, this isn't saying, I showed up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's not what this word means. This is a dangerous word to say, mm-hmm. and I really want to speak that out because we do say it and we invite our community, our people everywhere to, to have this word at the forefront of, um, you know, to be ready to spill from your lips, to be um, ready mm-hmm. to be declared, um, and it's really a testimony to say, and so... Yes. It's a it's a dangerous word. Um, it isn't saying, "Here I am," you know. Yeah, God, here I am. You know, it's <laughs> not trite. It's not <laughs> rote at all. That's right. Um, because it means there's no place I would rather be. It means I am absolutely focused on you it means I'm ready. And so there are times throughout the the story that we are so honored, such an honored people to get to read our history. You know, I mean, there's no other God that has such a full history, you know, especially of victory and testimony and glory and wonderful things. And so there's times that, Papa said this to people, you know, he said it to Adam, he said it to Abraham, he said it to Moses, he said it to Samuel, Um, and, you know, most often this question would come out, you know, translated as, where are you? And of course, this is the God of everything, he knows geographically where they're located but what he looks for when he's asking that question is where's your heart? Mm -hmm. Where are you postured? You know, how are you postured? Where are you positioned right now? Are you ready for me? Are you ready for me to come and talk to you? Are you ready for me to come and dwell with you? Are you ready For me to come and inhabit every single part of your circumstances? Are you ready to be moved? You know, so he's asking that. And I'm going to come back to that in just a second. Um, But Hanani, here I am. It's a way, when we say that, it's a way of expressing our total readiness to give ourselves completely to him. It's an offer of total availability. Like, there is nothing that could take me from you. There is no other place that I would look. And truly, when he came to these men in our story, and I, and I know he came to women in our story, too, and asked this, um, but when he would come and ask, where are you, um, it was such an expression of the longing of his heart because it was saying, I want, not just I want to be with you, but there's something I'm about. There's something I want to do, and I don't want to do it without you. I want you to be part of this unfolding story. And so um, when we say Hineni, we're saying, we're ready to pay attention. Like, we're ready to let go of every distraction. We're really, we already have, (laughs) you know. Um, We're ready to obey His instructions. It's like we're reporting for duty, you know. Um, It's not just I'm here, it's I'm yours. It's not just an expression of where we are, it's an expression of whose we are. Naini, I'm yours. I belong to no one else. I won't be pulled away by anything else and so um, and it's also a word and we've been talking about this for a few weeks that we say before we know what God is going to ask we say it before this is the holy ground word you know this is the word we say on holy ground before we know what he will ask we say it I'm completely available I am Utterly accessible to you. I'm completely focused on you. You know what? I've been crowning you for days. What would you ask? What can I do for you? You know, that's the kind of word it is. So, again, he's It's uh, this word is is used so much in scripture, um, and and it's in stories. So Abraham, Samuel, Moses, Isaiah, all. Um, have this sewn in and this is the one that really my heart got drawn to this particular in these particular days so Abraham said Hanani three times in the story of offering Isaac and this is so powerful you guys you gotta you gotta get this so the first time God called him he says where are you And Abraham said, Hanani. And this was before he knew what God was going to ask. So before he knows that this son that they waited all these years for, that God is going to ask him to offer him, before that moment, he says, There's no place I'd rather be. I'm completely focused on you. What can I do for you? And then God tells him, and he asks them again, Abraham, where are you? And Abraham, knowing what he's being asked to do, says, Hanani, I'm still here. There's still no place I would rather be. I'm still absolutely focused on you. I'm still ready. And I love that so much because, you know, being in a time where people that we know really are so purposed to follow the Lord and do what He asks. But there can be this great wrestle. Well, I'm doing it because God said, but I don't like it. I'm not happy about it. And and our answer is not always hanani It's like, you know, it all becomes the duty and the burden and the dislike and and all the things we thought Weren't going to be part of the story to, you know, be in the journey or um, all the ways he's doing it that we don't like, and we get in this perpetual wrestle. And that is why he continuously comes and says, "Where are you?" Like that is one of the greatest questions God can ever ask us. Where are you in the midst of chaos? In the midst of, you know, what you think I should be doing? You know. That's a form of chaos. When we think he should be doing something a certain way and he's doing it completely differently, the enemy will fall in. He will come right into our life in that place and create a chaos until we can no longer see what God intended. And then God will come and he'll say, where are you? And you get the invitation to again say, after you know what he's asked and you still don't know the outcome, You say, there's no place I would rather be. So then God asks a third time. And Abraham's, you know, he's at the altar. And get this, the knife is lifted. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: He has the knife lifted above his son. And God says, Abraham, where are you? And he says, Hanani, I'm with you. I'm with you. There's no place I'd rather be. I'm absolutely focused on you. I'm here expressing my total availability and readiness to anything you would say. This is holy ground. This is holy ground. I said it before I knew what you were going to ask. I said it after you asked, and I am saying it in the midst of what you've asked. Hanani. here I am. I'm with you. He responded even with that knife lifted. Oh, man. It just got me. got me really good Uh, these past few days. Um, In Isaiah 58, 9, it says, You will call, and the Lord will answer. What will he say? Hanani. That's the word. You will cry, and he shall say, Hanani. He will say, Hineni, when God says it, it translates the same but different. He's saying, Behold, or take hold of me, I will. It's a place where He says, I will take hold of me. If you'll take hold, I will. Uh, And so God, He often says, Hineni, when He's announcing what He's going to do. And He's saying, I want you to be part of this, so I'm gonna make myself completely available to you. And I'm ready to pay the highest cost there is for this to be accomplished. When he says Hadini, he is he is not standing, you know, made himself larger than life. He is life, he has stooped towards us, he has bent towards us, humble, saying, basically assuring us, I see, I hear, I know, and I'm here. Like, I know everything that happened around this. I know everything that causes you to believe this can't be different. It can't change. That I can't be the God of it, but I am the God of it. And I'm totally available to be your God in this circumstance, in this situation. And, you know, when he stoops low like that, Goodness, it's a great time to crown him. Hmm. With his head down toward yours, saying, I'm available for your need. Hmm. Like there's nothing I will withhold from you. Um, This was such a a concept, such a precept uh, in history. Uh, in 1 Samuel 20, verse 4, Jonathan basically says this to David. He He demonstrates this. He says, tell me what, your soul needs I will do it Hanani he said I'm here I'm totally available to you And, and I think we're being invited to say that to the world right now you know we've been talking about this for months when when we use rhetoric instead of responding when we think we already know all the solution, instead of going to the answer and showing someone how to get to the answer, and we just begin pointing out this is the thing you have to believe, and if you don't believe it, you know, you're not dot dot dot. Um, but we get to be we get to be giving the gospel in this way right now, because we can ask the same: what is what is. Your need, and then asking Him, "How do you want to meet it?" and and you know what we get to, we get to to say to to Him, "Where are you?" We get to say to the Lord, "Where are you?" Not because we don't know that He's present, but what's in your heart, God? What do you desire? Because that. Will preempt every one of our plans. And it does so not in a way that's meant to disappoint us or discourage us or, you know, you lowly one, you couldn't possibly, you know, carry my heart. He actually is saying, you do carry my heart. I've trusted you with it, I've given it to you over and over every day. And, um, I want you to know where I am. I want you to know what I'm ready to do. I want you to know that I'm available for these things. Um, And so, when Papa comes to us, he's so longing for us to say Hanani to to let him know where we truly are. Um, Jesus used the word Hanani, so many times and um, it's used throughout the Psalms it's just you know go through you can find it I, I could take I could really break a record with this podcast make it super long but go and look in these days and see how many times by who and what ways it was used when someone was saying I'm totally accessible to God or when God is saying, I'm totally available to you. Um, we haven't lost sight in these days of all that's happening, of the, the goodness of the gospel and the giving of the gospel and um, being moved to um, social justice and all the things we've talked about. It starts here. It starts on this holy ground of, I don't know what you're going to ask, but I'm going to be completely available to you. And that may mean coming out of a place you don't belong. It might mean letting go of things that actually don't even belong to you that you've been holding on to so tightly. Hmm. And in these days, God's just asking us, where are you? And we, we have that moment where we discover or we knee-deep in the news Or are we on our knees looking up? You know, that's our invitation. You know, there are no rabbit trails or rabbit holes. There's no place you can go. You know, we've talked about that for years when we research, when we're doing land missions, all those things. We we go where he leads us. We We don't go down rabbit trails and end up in rabbit holes we can't get out of. And when you look up, there's no rabbit trails. There's just a story. There's just glory. There's just something he's trying to say. Because when he says, where are you? He's asking, what is your choice? Where is your choice? What have you given your choice to right now? Have you decided a bunch of things? Or are you choosing mm-hmm. all the things I'm offering? Um, and so... We're so invited to look up. You know, and we talked about this last week, the heavens declare. And one of the meanings of declare is an accurate counting. And in a, you know, segment of time where a lot of focus is on counting and recounting. And that should be happening. You know, we want that to be accurate. We we said that. But maybe there's something He wants us to recount. Because this is the God of more than stars and more than sand, you know. And He wants us to look up and recount the story, recount His ways, recount His victories, recount our testimonies. Come on. Because you know what? Believe it or not, the only thing God is focused on right now is not this election in America. This is not the only thing He's about right now. He's not only about a virus. He cares about those things. But you know what? Somewhere near you, somebody's child is struggling with mental illness. And they need someone to come with good news and remind them who God is. Somewhere, somebody's spouse has cancer. And they need good news. They need to remember who he is someone is caring for their aging parent that has dementia and they need to know they need to remember who he is and putting all of our eggs in a basket of this one thing that's happening is telling a whole lot of people he doesn't care about those things but he does he cares that someone's addicted he cares that someone's impoverished he cares that someone is marginalized he cares that someone is hurting he cares that someone doesn't want to live he cares about these things and he's at the gate saying that to us right now like the good news hasn't stopped just because this feels like bad news to you this particular thing He is about all the business of heaven right now. Don't think he has isolated himself to this one thing. There's a whole big world beyond this. And there's a bunch of people in it that he's asking us, where are you? I'm going to ask you to go for somebody and you're not going to understand it. It's not going to make sense to you, but are you available? And then... On our way there, when we know what he's asked, he's going to ask us again. And right in the middle of feeding someone or rescuing someone or just loving someone, just being present with someone that no one else will be present with, he's going to ask again, where are you? Mm-hmm. And you're still going to be able to say, Hanani, because there's no place you'd rather be. Come on. Don't isolate yourselves to one thing that's happening in the world right now. It isn't everything. It's just not. It's important, but it's not everything. So um, when we say Hanani to him, when we say here I am to him, we're saying I am ready to partner with you in this eternal covenant you've made between you and your people. How can I be more fully present in it? How can I be more fully present in that covenant and my I will in it? To say Hanani expresses a longing to be near his heart. It's a place of awakening. When we say we're here for you, our spirit is engaged, our mind is open, and our soul is stirred. And there's a readiness to engage, and to be part of an unfolding story. When we say Hanani to him, it's the signal to heaven that we have realized our story is meant to become one with many other stories. We want to be part. We want to have something to pass down. We want to have a story worth telling worth retelling. Hanani is a time word. It brings in the past, the present, and the future. It says we want to experience you every day present. We're aware of the past and the story it tells and the testimonies it brings. And we're awakened for the future and all the possibilities of you. And we're grateful for every moment. When we say Hanani, we're saying not just here I am, but I have hope for Nu, which is here we are. Here our people are. Here your people are. Here our community is. We're here together for a like purpose to gain passage deeper into your heart. So uh, last night was date night, of course. It really was. One day really was, and it was sweet. It was very sweet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, man, were the heavens declaring last night um, with a, a story just right to left, just <laughs> reading it right to left. So here here was what was arraying the night sky. Sedeq, Shabbat, Sedek. Rahav. Ma'adim, in Oran. And here's the story it told. The king is at rest, bringing us the courage to create a new reality and to understand that what we fight for is for mysteries to be revealed. And it was so amazing because it just, this paragraph in a great, big, wonderful story just happened to be right at the cusp of a new month, which is Kislev, which has just begun. Mm -hmm. So remember Kislev is um, Hanukkah, obviously happens in Kislev, but that's when the Maccabees, they had this invitation to be in an ark. They had this invitation to be somewhere different than everything that was happening in the world. And... They were hidden in the hills, so they were hidden, just like you know what we've been talking about in these days. They were hidden because they believed him. They were a community that believed him. They were set apart for a season. They were set apart because they believed him. And remember, Kislev, um, one of the the attributes of it is miracles. It was a return of miracles. And, but these weren't the miracles of the Exodus and, um, those things only he could do. These are miracles forged by faithfulness, man. Every time I'm just like, just seeking to be faithful to what he has said to what I know is true. I, I just have this picture now I'm forging a miracle. Like a miracle is being forged right now. And, and sometimes there's such a reality in your face, you know, and you've got to choose. You get to choose where you're going to look at that thing that seems so real or at this mystery he wants to reveal at him, at this a new reality he will create. That's a miracle when something seems like it can only be this way and it changes just because you wouldn't stop looking at him Hmm. because you were okay to be set apart for a season because he wanted to do something great and he wanted to do it with you. love reminds us that laid down lives are what take us further towards the promise of what is to come. So, I hope I hope you all are using your mementos. That you're enjoying your mementos. That they're meaningful to you. If you haven't changed the pages, you should. Whisper has. I love this is one of my favorites, of what she painted the crescent with the menorah mm-hmm. <laughs> on top. I love it so much. Um, but I hope you're I hope you're digging into that. But um, just some reminders with Kislev. So it had been four hundred years since there had been angels and miracles told of, all those things. And, you know, we've been arced for a bit now, but it hasn't been 400 years. (laughs) Hasn't even been 40. And Jesus, take the wheel. He, you know, (laughs) he's helping us stay on the path so it doesn't become any of those things. That's right. Because he's about, he is about things and he is about to. So in this moment, they had no context for for him coming in the way that he came. Yet he did come. And he comes into our everyday exactly like this. So angels return and Mary encounters one and she responded. And angels return and Joseph encounters one and he hesitates. and Zechariah encounters, you know, has an encounter, and he resists. And so Mary's response greeted, she greeted light, and then she let it be gathered inside her to carry it. She let herself be a carrier of what he came to do. Joseph hesitated. That was Okay. He just tiptoed until he could tread where God was going. And then Zechariah resisted and he was struck silent until he could praise. And I've said this so many times. I just wish that would happen. (laughs) That we would just in these moments where the only thing required is praise. The only thing needed is to say, our God is our God. Um, And he's good. And we can't take our eyes off of Him. Like, what's that you say? I can't take my eyes off of Him. And we go, you know, we respond. I, you know, I would love that to just be in a moment when I am, you know, my soul needs to breathe. But instead, I just am venting something instead of giving my soul an air pocket. You know, I just would love to be struck silent where I just, until I can actually say what's true. He's the God of this. He's the Lord of me. He's the love of my life. He is everything hmm. that I wouldn't even be able to speak. I just think that'd be the coolest thing. Ever. Not that I want to have that moment where I need that to happen. Right. But if it does, right. I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> Probably a bunch of other people are too. So Kislev actually has the darkest days, the darkest amount of days. But the moon is the brightest in Kislev. And the moon is pregnant with light. And that's, the moon represents the bride. And so it's when we get to be most pregnant with light, we become like those flames on the menorah, lighting the way, telling those who need hope, there is hope. We're not without hope. Um, His love is when what is concealed reveals, is revealed. That these things that are concealed, these things that are hidden, these mysteries revealed, that's what we fight for with Him right now in this season is for mysteries to be revealed. Mm -hmm. That That in these days, what would be said is... I had no idea he was a God like that. I had no idea he still did that. I never knew he could do that. Like, that's never even happened before. That's the God he longs to be right now to us. So the tribe of this month is Benjamin. And Benjamin was the smallest of the tribes. But they had the biggest heart. And they were the tribe that recovered everything that had been stolen along the way. They recovered what was stolen by the enemy. And something that marked Benjamin and that tribe was they were the archers. So they were the ones that would pull that bow string back. And they pulled it. A good archer pulls the string all the way back to their heart. And it reminded them that they couldn't go without his heart. And so we're reminded in this season that it's all about his heart, not your war. Hmm. If your heart is with his, a giant is going to be revealed, and it's going to be you. Someone who believes him in such a big way, in such a magnitude way, that the world can see how big he is. This season is about his heart, not our war. And then the tabernacle is the conqueror. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the stars means the beauty of the coming, or the beauty of the coming forth, the beauty of when he comes. And even, you know, even as we're people who believe for a return, We know he comes every day and we believe for this ultimate return. Just like when he came the first time, we can come because we want him to wage a war on something. But it's about the beauty of his coming. And then another star means praise for the victorious Redeemer. Another means the final or the great triumph. And another star's name means the dragon cast out. I am so here for that, Mm -hmm. the dragon being cast down. And um, this tabernacle ties to Psalm 45, 5 through 6, which says, Your arrows are sharp. I'm going to start here. May your right hand teach you awesome things. Remember, the right hand represents us taking hold of him. May we take hold of him first. May your right hand teach you awesome things. Your arrows are sharp. The people fall under you or are pierced by you. And then they penetrate the hearts of the king's enemy. Your throne, God, will last forever and ever. You rule your kingdom with a scepter of equity. I just want to say that again. May your right hand teach you awesome things. May what you take hold of be where you learn and may it be him that you take hold of your arrows are sharp they pierce the people fall under you they're pierced by you and they penetrate the hearts of the king's enemies your throne God will last forever and ever and you rule your kingdom with a scepter of equity Hmm. he pierces us so we can pierce someone else. And we, we pierce the hearts, even of those who are his enemies. So all will come. All will know. And sometimes an enemy is just someone who doesn't know yet. Sometimes an enemy is someone who has been told a completely different version of the story. But we are, we are armed <laughs> to pierce hearts, not to pummel people (laughs) in these days, because there is a beauty of his coming Mm. that we look forward to every single day.
0: Mm. Kislev, um, Kislev in all of its story reveals what an honor it is
1: Mm -hmm.
0: to be who we are. Yeah. To, to be who we are to him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: that that he um he's given us this meaning that's an inheritance, and you know the the gatekeepers who um open the door for the shepherd to connect with the sheep to mm-hmm you know because he cares about every single one of those sheep yeah. in that pen every single one of them he cares about you know and and each one of them has a different story and he cares about every one of them and we get to be the people that he trusts what an honor yeah
1: and he you know what he's he's so moved by us what a thing to say hmm. we move god we move heaven you know, Kislev, one of its meanings is come low. Hmm. It's a time when heaven comes low, but it's a time that we um, we are humbled by the plans of heaven and humbled that we get to be a part of it and, and humbled that His ways are greater than ours, hmm. that His ways are higher than ours. He will do it differently. You know, I'm thinking, you know, Today, there are many people who are considering ending a life that they carry within them. And we can bow low and we can pray for those people. Mm. You know, it's been part of our story all along. We've prayed for so many and we've gotten to meet babies that live because we prayed. Mm. We've gotten to touch them. We've gotten to be moved by them and by the story of how that mom chose something different or that um, whoever was influencing that story, we aren't without hope. He's our help in times of trouble. And He moves us and we move heaven. Don't let this season in any way say prayer isn't powerful that our dialogue, our narrative with the God of all, with the King of kings and with the Spirit of God doesn't bear fruit and isn't powerful. It is. It is. Don't be afraid that His ways are higher and that He will do it differently. It's what makes Him so glorious. And when we come to that holy ground and say Hanani, that's when He starts... Doing crazy things like glorifying us because we chose him. That's it. There's so much we can do when our eyes are on him. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, we love you.
0: We love you much.
1: We will talk to you soon. Yes, we will.